So I wanted to take some time to respond to the news that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. And I want to say, first of all, exactly what it means. It doesn't only mean that it's going to go back to the states. There's state decisions now. And some of the states, I don't know what, maybe 10, somewhere between 10 and 15 states are going to make it illegal. You will not be able to get this procedure. I don't want this scrubbed from uh, the social media networks. So I'm using the word the procedure instead of the word. All right. So um, it doesn't mean it's just got to go back to the state. So there are going to be 12, 13, 14 states, whatever it ends up being, where the procedure is not legal. Then there are going to be other states, California, Oregon, New York, and they're going to try to push the envelope. They would love for a woman to be able, this is, I'm not, there are those, I want to make sure I'm accurate when I say this. There are those in those states who would love to be able to take the life of a child after it is born, if it is unwanted. And that will tell you where they are. There are going to be these, these different positions. But the main thing is that it goes back to the legislator. It goes back to Congress and it goes back to the Senate. They have had 50 years of a weak court case that they have hid behind and they use their rhetoric behind it. My body, my choice. It's a, it's a decision between me and my doctor. These, this is rhetoric that doesn't work when you have to argue it. You can scream it behind a position. You can scream it so no one can argue with you. But as soon as you go, my body, my choice, you go, eh, let's talk. Because I used to be in my mom's womb, but I'm a different body than what she's got. It's really not your body. That's rhetoric. Your doctor's decision. Can you take your child into a doctor's office, close the door and say, I think it'd be better off for him if he was dead. And you and your doctor get to make that decision behind closed doors. You get to make those kind of decisions. The reason they've hidden behind the court case and are so upset that it's been overturned is because they now have to make legislation about it and do it. You've got the House and the Senate right now. The majority of them believe in it. Do it. Make the argument. But when you do that, you've got to define terms. You have to define life. They, and in a court case, they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to define life. They just said, we rule for them. Now you've got to define, when does life start? You have to define, is this a human? Is a, is a, is a fetus inside of the womb of a woman a human? And if they are humans, do they have human rights? And have we been so tragically violating human rights for 50 years in the United States? In what is, there's only, I'm going to say six or seven countries that have as liberal pro-procedure as the United States has. Only six or seven in the world. Almost all of Europe has restrictions after certain weeks. You can't do it after certain weeks. And Europe is fine. Europe is the, is the bastion where the progressives want the United States to be like Europe. But Europe doesn't have the ability to on demand get this procedure. And they're okay. But now that we are all of a sudden gonna have it not on demand in the United States, we're not gonna be okay. There's all kinds of problems. And so they turn to rhetoric and fear-mongering. And you may have heard this one, that now women that need DNC are gonna die because it's illegal to get a DNC. A DNC is the actual procedure that this procedure uses to do, to make what happens, happens. As if there's gonna be a woman that has a baby die in her womb, tragically, and then they can't do a DNC. 
So the woman would have the baby basically infect her and she would die as well. So this is what they're telling people. And I've had two people tell me this so far. The horrible tragedy about this thing now is that women that need to have a DNC won't be able to get it or that need this procedure will not be able to get it because the dead baby will just be inside of them. You really think that? I mean, they can't get people outraged when they tell them it's just gone back to the States. That doesn't get people outraged enough. Oh, you mean people are still going to be able to go get them? Yeah, get in the plane, go over there, go get it. Do you mean that's not outrageous enough? So they have to make outrageous claims. And that's what we're going to continue to hear. They're going to make, they're going to outlaw transgender. They're going to outlaw gay marriage. This has nothing to do with those. And they're, and they're, and they're going to try to do that. This is the issue of our day. There have been tens of millions of babies that have lost their life. Many of them late term. And it's the issue of our day. And a lot of people would say, if I was around during the Holocaust, I would have got involved. Do you know that in the early 1800s that slavery was, was popular in the United States? That 50% of the population believed in slavery? You might have been able to be voted in by the population. Chattel slavery, antebellum slavery is one of the worst kind of slaveries this world has ever seen. And it was legal in the United States for over 75 years after we became a nation. Just because there's a law, it had been the precedent. It had been the law for 75 years. They say it's been the law for 50 years. Does that make it right? Was slavery right because it had been the law for 75 years? No, slavery was horrible and it was awful. and It was one of the worst kinds that they could. And interestingly enough, it denied their human rights. Just as the unborn have their human rights denied from them. It's like the United States keeps repeating the same mistake over and over again. And I'm sorry that this issue is political, but I am not interested in it because it's political. I am interested in it because it's the biggest travesty of our day. When I was 19 years old, I, I found out that there was a position open on Right to Life speaker board. Right to Life is the Catholic organization um, that fought against this procedure. And I was, I, I, I went through this whole speaker process and I became on their speaker board. They wanted someone young who would go into the schools and who would debate Planned Parenthood in the schools. So I went in and usually it wasn't a debate. There were a few times it was where we would both give our presentations and then kind of have to debate each other. But most often I had to go first and then they got to get up and talk bad about what I said. That's most often how it worked. This is all the way back in the 80s, right? Um, the late 70s and the early 80s. And this is only six years after Roe v. Wade that I'm doing this. So I learned that I would have to give my point and then go, you're going to hear them say this. So this is the truth to their response. So I, I put the, what they were going to say and the responses into my presentation. But I still remember back in those days, even people getting furious with me in the classroom, kids, just absolutely, absolutely getting furious with me as I went in to share it. So this is something long-term that I've been invested in. If you've gone to Calvary for very long, then you know periodically I will talk about this. I'll talk about supporting uh, Crisis Pregnancy Center. We support Hands of Hope. We'll talk about supporting young women who are in crisis. And yes, it is a tragedy that some women get pregnant and families can't afford it. Yes, that's a tragedy. Yes, it's a tragedy that teenagers get pregnant. Yes, it's a tragedy that there's something from rape and incest. And, and rape, incest, and the health of the mother is a small percentage a very small percentage of what we're talking about here. So even if you take those out, 
Who knows, once we debate it all and it all gets shaken out, whether those will be allowed or not. But they immediately want to tell you when, when they tell you, hey, let's, let's talk about whether or not that's a life. Let's talk about whether they've got human rights. Immediately, what if they're raped? They immediately go to the extreme. That's what they do to try to get people fired up. And uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that because somebody had something bad happen to them, that having this procedure should be legal. Somebody brought up, well, what about the foster care? It's overrun now. What's going to happen to it now? It's going to be even more overrun. That's a problem. But it doesn't mean that problem is solved by killing unborn babies. That seems to me to be, there's, uh, there should be other things to solve that problem. And we as Christians should step up. And we've said that for years. Now, I've got a biblical case ready to go. I'm not going to do it. But I, I've got, um, I did a, something on YouTube and Facebook today where I did a thoughtful response to Roe versus Wade. And I went over to the scriptures that talk about us being formed in the womb and God knowing us in the womb and God planning for us in the womb. There's all of these Old Testament scriptures that talk to us about what's going on in the womb. Just, I'm, I'm just going to talk about a couple of verses that they use. There's one in Exodus and um, it says that if two men are fighting, it's Exodus 21, 22. If men are fighting and they hurt a woman with child and she gives birth prematurely. Some versions say miscarriage. But there's no Hebrew word for the procedure, okay? So if she gives birth prematurely, it's probably right. And no harm follows. Meaning the woman gets hit by one of the men and the, the baby is born and survives then no, nothing, no harm follows. He shall surely be punished according to the woman's husband imposes on him. So the woman's husband can say, you got to pay us this much because the baby was born prematurely, but it's okay. But if there's harm that follows, it goes on to say, then an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. Also, the Bible says that if, if a man kills a man, then he shall be put to death. This is the Old Testament law because he has killed someone in the image of God. And all of these babies are made in the image of God. Let me give you one more verse that they used to fight against this. And this was President Clinton's argument for the procedure. He said that when he made Adam, and some preacher had told him this, when God made Adam, he breathed into him and gave him life. And therefore, you don't have life until you breathe. So the baby inside the womb, until they actually come out and breathe, they are not alive. Here's the problem with that. And it's easy to think through. God takes Adam, he's inanimate. He's just, a, he's, he's just flesh and blown. He's just dead. He's inanimate. The baby isn't dead. And he breathes into him. And that's passed on through birth. He, does, he doesn't breathe into every person to give them life. It happens through the process of conception and birth that you get life. And the argument that it's life comes back to the side that we should be against it. Listen, if the question is, this is the last thing I'm going to say. I could say a lot more and I want to, but I won't. Um, if the question is, is this a life or not? Is this a life or not? I, I, I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it is. I don't think it is. Shouldn't we err on the side of caution if we're talking about a human life with human rights? What if somebody would have chosen to take away your human rights before you were born? How come our laws are so inconsistent? How come if a drunk driver hits a car, kills a woman who's pregnant, he gets charged with two, two manslaughter charges? 
But a woman can go and take the life of that same child and it's not called anything except choice today. There's so many, and these are the kind of things that are going to come into the legislation and they're going to have to make decisions about it. This, I, I said in, in the YouTube statement, I'm not in glee over this. When I heard that it had been overturned, I had a very satisfied feeling. And the reason I had a very satisfied feeling was because almost, a, almost a, an awestruck feeling is because over the years, if the Lord tarries, tens of millions of babies are going to be saved because this thing's overturned. Because I don't think they'll be able, because just like slavery was wrong and they couldn't argue that in the courts, I don't think this can be argued in the courts. I don't think they're going to be able to come to a decision, an honest one about life and about the fetus, whether or not it's human. What do you say? It's not human? Five minutes before it's born and then it becomes human five minutes afterwards? If it's not human, what is it? A puppy in your belly until it's born a human? It's just so nonsensical. And I don't think it's going to happen. I want them to try. If it's going to be the law of our land, and this is what we said all along about Roe versus Wade, if it's going to be the law of our land, let it be a law. Let it be one that the Congress wrote, that the Senate ratified and the president signed. And if you've got enough in, your, in, the, uh, in the Congress and the Senate and the presidency, you can, you can make it the Constitution. You can make it a constitutional right. If you've got enough, then do it. If they're going to murder babies, I'll get strong at this point. If they're going to murder babies, then make it be the law of the land. Don't hide behind some court case and, and some weak court case, which Ruth Gator Binzer, Ruth, she said <laughs> that it was a weak case. It's a weak case. They hid behind it. Make it a law. Then we can stand up and fight that then we know exactly what we're fighting. Make it a law. Make it the law of your states. Pass your laws. Tell it what it is. Tell us what it is. Put your definition of what they are, of what you're destroying. 